This is My Seminary Life, episode 14, and I'm your host, Brandon Knight. And today we're going to look at one of C.S. Lewis's most beloved and well-known characters, Edmund of the Chronicles of Narnia. Well, hey everyone, sorry we're late in putting this episode out. My wife and I, we went on a little uh, weekend getaway last week just to spend some time together. We're both fully vaccinated, just getting out, getting away. It had been several, well, okay, at least over a year since the last time we actually like went out of town, stayed in a hotel, blah, blah, blah. So we just needed some personal time. I thought we were going to be able to sit down and have this episode today. Uh, The topic I have for us today is actually very short. This will, I'm anticipating this to be a short episode. We'll, We'll see how it actually turns out. But regardless, what we have I figured that we would have time I would have time to actually sit down and still record in between, you know, traveling, checking in, sightseeing, whatever. But uh that just didn't work out. And then throughout the rest of the week I was kicking around whether or not I wanted to do this plus another episode. But I decided, you know what? We're just gonna do this episode and it's gonna be fine. And actually we're gonna have this episode today and then we are gonna call it a break for our short study on all things C.S. Lewis. If you recall back at the beginning of uh, of the summer semester, it turns out that I don't have any classes that I have to take this summer semester. So we took it to a vote, and the winning vote was doing C.S. Lewis, studying some writings of C.S. Lewis for the, past, uh, for the first couple weeks. And then on the second half, we're going to start looking at the uh, some of my old sermons. I've got. I'm still gonna start pulling out some of my old sermons. Tell you the stories behind why I preach this sermon, and then obviously give you the high level details of what you know what the sermon is about. Some points, some uh, illustrations that I've used. It's gonna be good. I'm excited for it, and that's gonna start next week, next Saturday uh, in July, and run through July until about. I think like mid-August, and then it, that it'll be uh, time to start an actual fall semester, and it's going to be a good fall semester, I'm sure. But regardless, for our final C.S. Lewis discussion, I want to talk about one of the most well-known and most well-recognized characters in C.S. Lewis's fictional library, and that is, of course, the character of... Edmund. If you have been a Christian for any length in time, I'm sure you have read the book, watched the movie, heard a sermon illustration, read an article that compares Edmund to us, that compares how Edmund is how Edmund is in the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe to how we are before knowing Christ as Savior. If you're unfamiliar with the story, here's the kind of the run-up into it. Edmund is a brat. He is one of four children, Peter, Susan, Edmund, and Lucy. They're 
sent away to live in the countryside during World War II. They and Edmund is just a brat. He is just that snot-nosed kind of middle child kid who's getting into trouble, always challenging the authority of his oldest brother, all the all that typical sibling dynamic stuff. When the children get into, uh, through a series of events as the children are exploring Narnia, Edmund falls into uh, the sway of the White Witch, and eventually Aslan offers himself in exchange for Edmund. And this is the great Christ narrative that runs throughout the Lion, the Witch, the, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe of Aslan being the Redeemer for Edmund. Jesus Christ redeeming us, offering himself in our place. The White Witch kills Aslan, but Aslan comes back to life. And then as the story continues to unfold, uh, the children eventually become kings and queens of Narnia. They grow into adults, but eventually end up back through the wardrobe into what would have been present day England back as children. And the only other thing that really uh, shines a light on Edmund after the redemption, after Aslan offers himself on behalf of him, is that it is mentioned that Edmund is the one in the great battle between Narnia and Aslan's forces against the White Witch's forces, that Edmund is the one who can get up close enough to break her wand. He gets wounded in the battle, but that is the 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 big heroic moment in Edmund's in Edmund's story arc during the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And like I said, if you've been around Christianity long enough, or you've seen the movies, read the books, the sermons, the articles, you have seen and heard the direct parallels. You have seen and heard how we were rebellious against Christ. And just like Edmund, and how Christ willingly offered himself as redemption for us in order to redeem us from the hands of the devil, and Christ paid that price with his life, but comes back to life, and now we belong to him. And it's it's a great illustration. I am thoroughly convinced that that is the point of the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I'm not trying to change your mind on Edmund's story arc in the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. However, the thing I want to propose here today is that if we are Edmund in the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, then we are also Edmund in Prince Caspian as well. Claire and I, we have never, between the two of us, we have never read the entirety of the Chronicles of Narnia. There, uh, I, I personally, I've never read Hor- The Horse and His Boy, The Magician's Nephew, and The Silver Chair. I think I've read all the rest of them. I think I got four out of seven. I'm not sure which ones Claire has read, but it's some of the, a couple of those middle books that I have never read. And so, uh, as a couple, we are sitting down and we are reading through these books. And for those of you who are curious, yes, we are reading them in the order that they were released. 
C.S. Lewis was doing the George Lucas thing before George Lucas was cool. So if you're unaware of this, the Chronicles of Narnia books are not released in chronological order. The Magician's Nephew, which is essentially the creation story of Narnia, as I've been told, that is like the middle book. That was book like five or six in the lineup. Lewis didn't write these in order. Newer editions of the books are released in chronological order. So if you're reading the chronological order, I believe it is The Magician's Nephew, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, The Horse and His Boy. But if you're reading the original order, it's The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Prince Caspian, Voyage of the Dawn Treader. And that is the order that we're going with here. Because that's the way that C.S. Lewis wants me to read them, or he would have written them in a different way. Anyway, and I think it's good that we are reading them in this order, because there's a there's character development here in Edmund that I think is easily overlooked if you don't go from The Lion, the Witch, the Wardrobe to Prince Caspian. If you go to Horse and His Boy in between first. I think if you read these two back to back, you gain something about Edmund. And it's this, that Edmund, in the very beginning portions, in the very early on, in the, in the book Prince Caspian, Edmund is clearly different. Edmund is clearly a different person. It's almost like I'm reading a completely different character going from The Lion, the Witch, excuse me, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, to Prince Caspian. And it makes sense, right? Like, he's gone off on this big adventure, he's had an experience with Aslan, and now he's he's different. It, not too much time in the real world has passed since their uh, journey in Narnia, but he's gone on this heroic adventure, he's learned a lot, he's grown, and now he's different. He's not this bratty, snot-nosed kid anymore. Instead, he's, you know, I don't want to say that he's, like, trying to be Peter, but he's he's more matured. He's, he's responsible. He's thinking about others and not just himself anymore. He has grown up. And it, you could say that it's because of this whole experience in Narnia. But I don't think it is. Because when you back up and you look at the, his siblings, Peter, Susan and Lucy, nothing has changed. Nothing has changed at all. If I remember correctly, Edmund doesn't have any more like speaking lines in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, like roughly halfway through. He's in the book, and he may have some lines as an adult, but as a child, after the redemption, you don't really hear too much of Edmund talking anymore. So there's like an entire half a book between the last time Edmund talks and when he starts talking in Prince Caspian. Peter, Susan, and Lucy, we've heard conversations this whole time. They've also experienced Narnia. They've also experienced Aslan. But they're all the same. Coming into Prince Caspian... They're all acting the same. Peter, he's still the strong older brother trying to look after all the younger siblings. Susan still very much has the motherly, overly protective attributes. Lucy still's got that childlike wonder, wants to rush off into adventure, 
very brave. They've all had the same experience in Narnia, all the same heroic tales. They have had this, you know, this hero's narrative story arc, Rise, Fall, Redemption, like, but it's Edmund who is so starkly different from the rest of the characters, starting out in Prince Caspian. And I would argue that that is because he had a very specific encounter with Aslan. Edmund was the one, not all of his children, his children, not all of his siblings, just Edmund was the one who faced redemption. He was the only one that got specifically redeemed by Aslan. He had an encounter, a very direct, specific encounter with Aslan, and it changed him forever. All the rest of the the hero's narrative, going out, doing the, you know, going into battle, they all have faced that as children and as adult kings of queens of Narnia. But Edmund had this very specific encounter with Aslan, and it changed his conduct for the rest of his life. And I think this is supported by the fact that this also happens to Eustace. I, I think I say, I, I'm never sure if I say his name right. It, it happens also to Eustace in the voyage of the Dawn Treader. So in Dawn Treader, the story isn't about all four of the siblings, but in this one we have Edmund and Lucy and their bratty know-it-all cousin Eustace. And they get swept up into an adventure in Narnia. They, during this adventure, Eustace gets turned into a dragon. And again, it's not until he has a direct, specific encounter with Aslan, and Aslan changes him from a dragon back into a human, that Eustace's life is changed forever. He is not the same bratty know-it-all kid throughout the rest of the story and throughout the rest of the, the books that he is involved in. Same with Edmund. When you have a direct encounter with Aslan, your life is changed forever. When Aslan redeems you, you are changed forever. One of my favorite lines in the, in the, entire, in the entire Chronicles of Narnia is when Eustace goes up to Edmund and Lucy after he's turned back into a human and he apologizes for the way that he's acted. And he, he says, I'm sorry for acting so much like an ass. This was a children's fantasy book series written decades ago in Britain. I don't know if you can write that in an American children's fantasy book now. I don't, I don't know. You know... You know, I I shouldn't make this joke. You know that there is like a very conservative Christian school somewhere out there that with that line has it crossed out and wrote jerk in the margins. Anyway, anyway, getting back on track here. The point that I'm trying to make here today is that I don't want to persuade you that we're not Edmund. I just want to say if we are Edmund in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, then that needs to continue throughout the rest of the Chronicles of Narnia. 
that when you have a direct encounter with Aslan, when Aslan redeems you, your conduct changes. Your entire life changes in an instant. You're never the same. And it is the same when we are redeemed by Jesus Christ. When you have a real, authentic conversion with Jesus Christ, when Jesus Christ has truly redeemed you, you are never going to be the same again. Everything is different. Because I want to point out, they're not trying to be different. They're not trying, you know, they're not trying, Edmund and Eustace, they're not trying to force their way to, you know, they're going to be good citizens of Narnia now. They're going to be good followers of Aslan now. It is a natural change that occurs. And yes, in real life, there is a process. We talked all about that during our run of episodes on spiritual formation. If you're new to the podcast, I encourage you to go check out the first, I think it's like eight episodes on spiritual formation, talking about how it is a process of abiding in the vine to look more like Jesus Christ. But ultimately, there should be a shift, a difference between how you were before your redemption in Jesus Christ. And that's what I want to leave you with today. Don't just get stuck watching The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe and thinking, yes, I am Edmund. I am in desperate need of salvation, and I, I have been redeemed by Jesus Christ. The story doesn't end there. The gospel doesn't stop being effective there. The gospel changes us throughout the rest of our life. It is once... Once Edmund and Eustace had an encounter with the majesty and kindness of Aslan, they were never the same again. And it's the same for us that when we have an experience with Jesus Christ, when we experience his majesty and kindness towards us, we will never be the same again. And that's is the end of our discussion on C.S. Lewis and his writings. So what do you think? What do you think? Do you think that this line of think this line of reasoning that if we're Edmund in one book, we're Edmund throughout the rest of the book, that the uh, when you have an encounter with Jesus, you are changed for the rest of your life. Is that what you do you agree with that? Let me know what you think. Let me know if you enjoyed these past few episodes on the writings of C.S. Lewis. Maybe we'll come back to this at another point. Let me know on whatever social media platform you found this link. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at just underscore Brandon K. K as in the letter K. And yes, my Twitter handle has changed, and there's a reason for that. Uh, also, you can follow me on Instagram or TikTok at just.brandon.k, the letter K. And the reason why I changed that over on Twitter is because my hope is before the end of August, when actual school starts back up, is that I will be launching a Facebook page for my seminary life. So that way there is a place where 
all of the actual information is supposed to be at a page very specifically for that. I recently joined a Christian podcasters group and everyone tags their page whenever they're talking about their page. And I'm like, oh, I should I should probably have a page that I can tag so that way people can actually go look at the thing. So yeah, anyway. Um so yeah, please comment uh, wherever you found this link, slide into the DMs, whatever you need to do to let me know what you think of this topic in this episode. Also, speaking of social media, I don't know if you saw this week, but it is official. We are indeed on Apple Podcasts. So if you or someone you know is a Apple Podcasts-only snob, you can now told, tell them that your third favorite podcast my Seminary Life is indeed on Apple Podcasts, and they can check out and get caught up on all of the fun that we have been having here. As always, we're also on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, and Pocket Cast. And whatever platform you listen to, please, favorite, star review, like, subscribe, whatever, write a real review, whatever whatever it is on that platform, please do that thing so that way we can trick the algorithm into thinking I am more than just the third best podcast out there. I might be the second best. Um, yeah, and I think that is it. Checks notes. Uh, oh, one last piece of business, business, business. Like I said, this is it for our C.S. Lewis discussion. I have really enjoyed this. I'd like to do more of it. Let me know, again, if you'd like to hear more of it. This time next year, if my school calendar doesn't shift too much, there will be another open space to do our own fake class. So maybe we can come back to this again. Keep that in mind. Another piece of uh, information, as you remember a couple episodes ago, I think it was in the premiere for the summer, I talked about how if I was to ever start more podcasts, one would be like a C.S. Lewis Inklings-themed podcast, and I kind of got to experiment with that here. But the other one would be like a geek theology podcast where I talk about, you know, different geek topics and how our, you know, faith plays a part in it or how, you know, where where we might find Jesus in the discussion, whatever. Um, simple tease, stay tuned for more information on that. I don't want to, I can't give away too much right now, but just stay tuned. I, I'm not sure when I will actually make the announcement for sure, but just hold on to your seats on that one. And that's it. So thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed our run of C.S. Lewis. I'm looking forward to next week when we start looking at some of my old sermons. I got a bunch of them picked out already. Kind of a chronological order type of thing that I'm going to be doing. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot. Of, it's going to be a lot of fun. I've got a I've got some good stories. I got some good stories coming. It's going to be very story based and I'm I'm excited for it. But until next time friends, keep on studying.